Hello there and welcome to Impact Podcast. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 declares the man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. This podcast exists to build lives and empower destinies through the breaking of the bread of the word of God through the very many insightful and impactful teachings that will be featured on the podcast. Our aim is to see lives built and destinies impacted to the end that kingdom come. We're glad that you're here. I pray that you'll be blessed by today's teaching and every other episode that we will be featured while you're here. Please do well to subscribe, like, share, and make sure that you do not just benefit alone, but also have other people benefit from what you'll be hearing today. And now to today's episode. Sit back and relax and enjoy what we have for you today. God bless you. Hello there and welcome to today's episode of Impact Podcast. My name is Pastor George and as always, I am delighted to spend the next few minutes of your time even as we break the bread of God's word. Remember, scripture says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God and that is what we are here to do today. I'm going to be beginning a series entitled Prayer means that over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about prayer. And today's episode is entitled, The Effective Fervent Prayer. That's right. What constitutes an effective fervent prayer? That's going to be our focus today. And obviously, in subsequent days and weeks, we will uh, touch on different bits. Now, I want to encourage you to please... uh, Share this link to anyone, friends, families, relatives, colleagues. You never know who you'll be helping. You never know whose life you will be helping change just by them listening to this episode or, or any other episode uh, from this devotional podcast. And as you do, may the Lord bless you tremendously. Now, let's go into today's episode. Are you ready? Let's go. Now, Jesus, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 18 verse 1 that Jesus uh, speak a parable to the end that men ought always to pray and not faint. Jesus spoke a parable to the end that men ought always to pray and not faint. In other words, men, we are supposed to pray, not men as in male figures, but humans, all right? Mankind, we're supposed to pray at always, or pray always, at all times, sorry, uh, and not faint. Jesus himself, uh, having given that parable, he made this emphatic statement. Now, let's go to James chapter 5, verse 13 to 18, that will be uh, the our foundation scripture today, our anchor scripture today, and then we take it from there. James chapter 5, from verse 13 to 18, the Bible reads, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer, verse 15 says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. 
16 says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. Here's the, 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 the phrase, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. Verse 17 says, Elias, referring to Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it did it rained not on the earth by the space of three years, three years and six months. Wow. In verse 18 says, And he prayed again, the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Hmm. Going back to verse 16, confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. Now, you and I know, and if you do not know, uh, there is what we call, what I consider the believer's core values. Right, what I consider the believer's core values. In other words, these are values that I expected in my view uh, to to be seen in every confessing believer. These are values that every confessing believer, in my view, should hold dear to heart. When there's five of them, and it could be more, but this is the five that, that stands out to me, and I believe to a larger extent many will agree. Number one is prayer. Prayer. Every confessing believer should be a man or woman who prays. Number two is fasting. Yes, fasting. Every confessing believer should be able to fast. A prayer and fasting. You cannot be a confessing. Say you are a confessing believer and despise fasting and don't like to fast and don't fast. This should be one of the practices that grow our faith. Prayer, fasting. Number three, the word of God. The word of God. The word of God. You cannot be a confessing believer who does not like the word of God. You have to remember what I said in the beginning. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed from the mouth of God. Both of them are important. You need physical bread and you need spiritual bread. That's what the scripture says. You need both. So prayer, fasting, the word. How will you know about God if you don't listen to his word or hear his word or read his word and hear him talk to you? Okay, so number one, prayer. Number two, fasting. Number three, the word. Number four, given the act of giving act of giving, whether it's in church, whether it's to giving alms, whatever the act of giving generally uh, it's a lifestyle of a confessing believer uh, whether it's in the area of your tithes or seed sowing or prophet offering open, whatever it is, giving, generally giving, giving, giving a helping hand, giving of finances uh, giving, the, the, the place of giving, John Dresden begins by saying, uh, for the, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave, that he gave. Jesus was his gift to us. He came as the perfect man to show us, or as a pattern man, to show us how we should walk and live even as man on earth. And number five is soul winning. 
ears. The Bible says he that winneth soul is wise. I believe that every confessing Christian should be a man or woman who loves to win souls. That's right. Say he that winneth. So the Bible says for every one soul that repents, that is won over, there is rejoicing in heaven. God himself celebrates when one soul comes to him. For the Bible declares that he said, I wish above all things that you, that all men comes to repentance and that no man perishes. And so soul winning is dear to the heart of God. And so the five core values, in my view, are, are believers' core values. Number one, prayer. Number two, fasting. Number three, the word. Number four, giving, generally. And number five, soul winning. Right. So now let's go into looking at an effective, fervent prayer. What constitute, constitutes sorry, effective, fervent prayer? Now, an effective, fervent prayer, it's a prayer said in righteousness. The scripture rightly says that effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avail it much it carries much power so uh, it, it's safe to begin with that an effective fervent prayer is a prayer said in righteousness psalms 115 the book of psalms 115 verse 22 says lord who shall abide in thy tabernacle who shall dwell in thy holy hill Verse 2 says, He that walketh uprightly and walketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. That's the one who will abide in your tabernacle. He that walketh uprightly and walketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. And you can also read Proverbs chapter 10, verse 2 for yourself. And so you must understand, therefore, that our righteousness will always endear God to us. Our righteousness, rightly, right living, will always endear God to us. Righteousness, right living, according to the dictates of God. An effective fervent prayer is a prayer said in righteousness. Number two, an effective fervent prayer is a prayer said in the word of God. A word-based prayer. An effective fervent prayer should have this ingredient. A prayer said in the word of God. A word-based prayer. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Alright, in the same Psalms 119 verse 49, the Bible says, Remember thy word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast cast me to hope. Yes. Foster says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Your word grants me guidance and a light unto my path. That's direction. So the word of God gives us guidance and direction. Number, uh, the second thing in Psalm 119 verse 49 says, Remember thy word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. In other words, your word gives me hope. John chapter 15 verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. It would not be done unto you if it is not based or captured in the word of God. I often say that God would always bless us within the limit of his word. Yeah, he'll 
cannot. God is not bound and committed to blessing us beyond the boundaries of his word, outside the limit of his word. But if it's captured in his word, he said, bring it to me, bring it, call me, put me in remembrance. Bring the word, bring your case. It is written, this is your word. This is, obviously, it has to be uh, holistic, all right? And so the word of God is important. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So imagine you're praying to God. If the word was God, and the word is God, and the word was with him in the beginning, so God is this his word. Now you're going to pray a prayer without him. If you the prayer, it's not uh, anchored on the word of God. So you're praying to God without God. <laughs> How possible is that? Right? Now, and so you cannot separate the word of God from prayer. You cannot. Because in his word, he grants us the promises we claim when we pray. Those promises are captured in his word and they are written. So... An effective fervent prayer is a prayer said in righteousness. One, an effective fervent prayer is a prayer said in the word of God. Number three, an effective fervent prayer is a prayer said in faith. Said in faith. First John chapter 5 verse 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Even our faith. In verse 15 of, of the book of James, our anchor scripture, our opening scripture this morning. In verse 15 it says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Why is this important? You must understand that for a prayer, we said that a prayer, an effective fervent prayer is a prayer said in faith. Why? Because the prayer of faith is a prayer offered when you know the will of God. When you know the will of God. I would encourage you to also read 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. And so for that prayer to be a prayer of faith, and a prayer of faith is a prayer offered when you know the will of God. Secondly, uh, if you look at the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal, you, you, you find out, even here was referenced in the book of James here, that Elijah prayed that there will be no rain in the land. And there was no rain. And they remember his encounter with the prophets of Baal. Alright, those, those uh, prophets of Baal. And they called unto their God and nothing happened. But when Elijah called unto his God, the Bible says that God descended with fire and consumed the sacrifice. It was a prayer of faith. He, he, he made a bold statement with God and he boldly declared something on God. He put his faith on the line. And, and he was able to put God to that kind of test. And then we see that again in 1 Kings 18, that Elijah then prayed again and then there was rain. A prayer said in faith is a part of what constitutes an effective fervent prayer. Number four, an effective fervent prayer is a persistent prayer. A persistent prayer. A persistent prayer. If you look at the life of Daniel, look at the life of, the life of Jesus, look at the life of Paul in the Bible. These men were persistent in their prayer. 
over and over. They had a prayer lifestyle. Elijah on or uh, in First Kings 18, where I just referenced a few uh, seconds ago, Elijah persisted in prayer on Mount Carmel. He went there when he said to Ahab, go and prepare your house. And he said, go, don't let. And he began to say, he said, there will be rain this day. But then he went up the mountain. The Bible says he, he lowered his head and placed his head in between his knees. And of course he was praying. And, and, and then he said to his servant, go and look and see if you see clouds gathering. And the servants kept going and, and coming back with negative report. But Elijah persisted. The servant went the first time and said, I see nothing. He said, go back again. Why he bowed his head, kept his head in between his knees in a prayer posture. In a prayer posture. He bowed his head. He persisted. He said, go back and look again. Go back and look again. Up to the seventh time. On the seventh time, the servant reported a cloud the size of a man's head. And then he said, now go until they have to run down. And should not allow the rain stop him. Ooh, because he said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. But he persisted. So a pray for an effective fervent prayer is a persistent prayer. I'm expecting it. Go back and look. Alright? Our persistency reveals our total dependence or dependency and reliability on God's word. Our persistency reveals our dependency, total dependency and reliability on God and on God's word. That's what we proceed because I know your word says this. I know this is your word. I know your word says so. Put me in remembrance. I am going, not shifting ground. I am totally dependent on you. I am relying on you. His word is dependable, is bankable, is reliable. If I do not rely on your word, on whose word will I rely on? My word will fail. That of president and government, no matter how highly placed they are in society, their word can fail. But the word of God, the Bible says, heaven and earth will pass away, but not a jot of my word will pass away. As he said it, shall he not bring it to pass? His word is infallible. His word is in him, yea, and amen. His word is unbrokeable. The word of God is finer. The word of God is potent. When I've spoken or written his word, he even honors his word more than his name because his word, as we say in our society, our word should be our bond. It should be our bond. God's word is, is something that he cherishes. And if you bring God's word to him in alignment with his dictates, his word speaks, stands sure. But you've got to know this word. Our persistence reveals our total dependence, dependency and reliability on God. I hold you by your word. I have no other person to turn to. Your word gives me hope, David says. A persistent prayer shows our unwavering confidence and absolute trust in the authenticity and the potency of God's word and his promises. It shows our unwavering confidence and absolute trust in the authenticity and the potency of God's word and his promises. You may 
We have a few more to go. An effective fervent prayer. Number five, an effective fervent prayer is an earnest prayer. An earnest prayer. An earnest prayer. Here's in the same uh, scripture we started with uh, James 5. In verse 17, he says, Elias or Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it did it did rain not on the earth by the space of three and six months. Three years and six months. An earnest prayer. What is an earnest prayer? An earnest prayer is a specific, focused, and committed prayer. An effective or uh, an earnest prayer is a specific, focused, and committed prayer. I know what I'm asking for. I am specific of what I'm asking for. Uh, I am focused in my asking and I am committed. If I'm not committed to it and to his resort, that's where I faint. I, I, I pray today and I don't care again and I might lose hope. No, it has to be persistence. It shows I am committed to see it manifest. I trust you, God. I trust your word. I trust who you are. I'm going to keep relying because this is your word. I cherish your word and I know that God cherishes his word. So I am not going to come and beat about the bush. We should try to it, let it be specific. He said, told us in Philippians, he said, uh, uh, be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication, let our request be made known unto God. Let our request be made known. Be specific. What is it? Don't just speak about it. Speak to the situation. Specific, focused, and committed prayer. An earnest uh, prayer. The word earnestly in the Greek, uh, if interpreted in English, simply means, uh, in this context, in this Bible person, simply means that Elijah prayed in prayer. You know, what is that? Sounds like oxymoron. Elijah prayed in prayer. So when he says Elijah, he prayed earnestly. What he's saying here, if it didn't stop it from the Greek, is that Elijah prayed in prayer. He prayed in prayer. I'm trying to, well, how does it mean to pray in prayer? I'm in a prayer position, but there is a within the depth of prayer from within me. It's not just a ritual. This is not just a ritual that I do every day. I do every morning. I do at a certain time. It goes beyond ritual. I, there's, there's something, there's a depth to this thing. There's a focus to this thing. I'm specific and I am committed. This is an earnest prayer. Right? Now, another thing that constitutes an effective fervent prayer is a consistent prayer. Consistent prayer, consistent prayer, consistent prayer, consistent prayer. That's number six. In the book of Acts chapter 12 verse 5 to 9 is the story of Peter. The Bible says Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And then verse 6 says, and when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers uh, before the door kept the prison. And we know what happened, uh, that an angel showed up in the prison and 
perform what I call the first prison break in the Bible and broke him out. He tapped him and woke him up and told him to put on his clothes and uh, the Bible says when he tapped the chains fell off and he led him out of the doors. Even though the men who kept watch over the prison over Peter were there in their position for Quaternians. They were there keeping watch but the angel showed up but the thing that empowered this rescue mission was prayer that was being offered the bible said consistent prayer prayer was being offered by the church continually without ceasing it was consistent it wasn't just a one time they were consistent they kept on praying kept on praying that even Peter was there sleeping, confident in the word of God. He was resting. And the angel was moved, sent into the prison by God to break Peter out, to rescue him out of prison. But the power behind that rescue mission was prayer. Consistent prayer. Prayer, therefore, should be a lifestyle. A lifestyle, a lifestyle, a lifestyle. What constitutes an effective fervent prayer is when prayer becomes a lifestyle, not just a ritual. This is a lifestyle. This is me. It's second nature. It should become second nature. We'll pray again and again and again and again and again. It shouldn't be burdensome. Oh, I have to go pray again. It's my so We ought to pray always and not faint. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 said, Pray without season. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without season. Don't stop. It's a lifestyle. When you make it an activity, when you make it a program, then it becomes tiresome and tiring and burdensome and fatigued. Fatigue in the place of prayer set in. It should not be an event. It should not be something that I need to tick off on my, on my day, on my to-do list every day. Uh, it should be a lifestyle. I don't have to plan a time to breathe. No. This is how I survive. If I don't breathe, I am not going to survive. So if I'm going to make it an agenda, if I'm going to make it a program, if I'm just going to stay with the ritual, of course you should have portion times based on your day-to-day activity. But the understanding is that it should not be uh, just a program that I do at a certain time and that's it. No, you pray at all times without ceasing doesn't have to be the formality or the formal setting that I'm going to go there. You have those. But because it's without season at all times, you're not going to have formalities all the time. But it's an, that this is a lifestyle. Irrespective of where I am. It doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be programmed. It doesn't have to be uh, formal in my head, in my heart, in my spirit, in my mind. At all It's a lifestyle. That should be the understanding. It should be second, not even second nature. It should be our nature. These organs in my system are programmed to keep breathing. They keep breathing. They keep breathing. I don't have to set an alarm for it. No. Consistent prayer. It should be lifestyle. And then uh, uh, number eight, a state, no, sorry, number seven, a steadfast prayer. An effective fervent prayer is a steadfast prayer. A steadfast prayer 
and then all, and then obviously um, number eight will be a prayer said with expectation. Okay, a prayer said with expectation. Prayer said with expectation. So a steadfast prayer. Go read Mark eleven twenty three, and then a prayer said with expectation. Number eight. Read Mark eleven twenty four. Also read Acts chapter twelve verse four to five. Verse four to five. Verse four to five. And so prayer should be a lifestyle. Prayer should be a lifestyle. Let's recap real quickly. What is what constitutes an effective fervent prayer. It is this, a prayer said in righteousness, number one. Number two, a prayer said in the word of God. Number three, a prayer said in faith. Number four, a persistent prayer. Number five, an earnest prayer. Number six, a consistent prayer. Number seven, a steadfast prayer. We'll talk more about this next week, a steadfast prayer. And number eight, a prayer said with expectation. Expectation, expectation, expectation. He said, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. What things soever you desire when you pray, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, this is Mark eleven twenty four. If you when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. This is a prayer said with expectation. Remember the man practically by the gates called beautiful. When Peter and John came there in the hour of prayer, the Bible says they said to him, look on us. And the Bible says he looked on them, expecting to receive, expecting to receive, expecting. He wanted on, but he looked on them, expecting to receive. There has to be expectation. Right, and uh, and you must understand that the prayer it's, it's nothing. Prayer is one of the kingdom keys that God has given to us as believers. It's not the only key, but it's one of the most powerful keys in the kingdom. I must let you know today, dear friends, uh, that prayer, uh, the power of prayer, is potent. Uh, it's it's it's, it's uh, I mean, you heard about manpower, horsepower, and all this dynamic power, atomic power, but the prayer power is the greatest of all these powers. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Prayer paves ways. Prayer paves the way. The prayer power is still the greatest power. Prayer changes things. Prayer paves ways. Prayer opens doors. Prayer works wonders. Prayer is our ultimate weapon. And prayer moves mountains. Prayer moves mountains. And I often say to people, a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. A prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. Make prayer your lifestyle in all you do every day. This should not be something that I have to program. Yes, if you have to set time, that's all right. But that should not be your sole understanding of prayer. Let it be. Consider how you breathe. This should be a lifestyle. As believers, as children of God, as people who want to see something happen, this is how you depend on God. This should be your everyday lifestyle. And this year, 2023, I am believing with you that it's going to be be an amazing year, not just the ritual, the rhetorics, or the cliches that we use, but just saying it, I'm believing with all of my heart that as we engage the word of God, as we engage God in prayer, as we commune with God, as we speak to our Father, as we spend time 
with God in the place of prayer. We're going to begin to see the hand of God move in mighty and miraculous ways in our life and in all our concerns because prayer is how we talk to God, is how we commune with God, is how we listen to God, is how we cry to our Father in times of need. Is a call upon me in the days of trouble, he says in Jeremiah, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. You may know some things and you may have access to certain things, but there are things you do not know. And when you cry out to God, when you call out to God in the place of prayer with understanding, he says, I will show you Mm, great and mighty things that you do not know. I pray this week for you. May the Lord show you great and mighty things that you do not know. May the hand of God rest upon you. May he open up your eyes to things that you do not know that are there stored up for you. May he give you wisdom. May he give you insight. May he grant you access, 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 access to his power, to his word. May he grant you access where you've been denying access. May the favor of God carry you through this day and this week. May you receive uncommon acceptance and uncommon kindness shown to you. May the hand of God be upon you. May God's angels surround you, building a garrison of protection around you. May you never falter. May you never fall prey to the teeth of the enemy. May you not be laughed at. May the world not say to you, where is your God? And everything that has made a mockery of your Christian experience will terminate and we stand against them today. Even in the name of Jesus, go into this week and prosper. Be all that God has called you to be excel, succeed, and may the hand of God rest upon you. You're returning with testimony. Till I come your way again, I remain yours truly. Pastor George, keep winning. Remember, it is not over until you win. God bless you.